0: Welcome to this week's edition of Leading with Confidence. My name is Confidence Seleme and I'm your host. This program is proudly powered by the William Seleme Foundation and the foundation's mission is enabling education in Africa. This week I'd like us to talk on a topic I've titled Does the team really need a leader? In a leadership talk he delivered on TED Talks, the conductor Jules van Hessen revealed that he had been invited to do a TV appearance with his orchestra and whilst he was in the makeup room, the director mentioned that he wanted to capture some background footage of the orchestra playing. Jules was still in the makeup room and so the director asked the orchestra to play one of the pieces. Jules didn't know that the director had done this and he commented to one of the makeup artists how beautiful the music playing on the radio was he was surprised to discover that the music was being produced by the orchestra, which had no conductor. Of course, he had mixed feelings about this. On one hand, he was filled with awe at the sheer magnificence of the music that the orchestra was producing. But on the other hand, they were doing it without him. This made him question and think what the conductor's added value is. If the orchestra could produce such quality without a conductor, Was there a need for a conductor? If a team is able to function well without a leader, is the leader really necessary? When you have skilled individuals on your team who seem to be perfectly able to operate well even without your leadership, does that mean you are redundant as a leader? There are different layers to this question. On one level, should you not be happy that the team has such competence and exhibit such self-leadership that they are able to operate autonomously? after all isn't that the point of leadership to get your people to a point where they can do for themselves and don't really need you on another level if they don't need you then what is your significance after all isn't the value or significance of a thing measured by the effects of its absence if there is no water around people will go thirsty and die The absence of water leads to death, and that's why water is so valuable in our lives. If the leader's absence creates no cause for concern and no chaotic outcomes, doesn't that mean that the leader is of little value to the organization or to those that he or she leads? Should you be happy if your absence leads to chaos? And isn't that the type of thinking and philosophy that leads to some leaders having having a God complex? Doesn't it lead to the creation of egomaniacs and leaders who believe they are above reproach, above correction, and in some cases, above the law? Does the orchestra really need the conductor? Some may answer that it depends on who is playing in the orchestra. One conductor commented that whenever he conducts his orchestra, he often feels like an Indian conducting chiefs. Most of the people on his orchestra went to better music schools than him and they have a, a level of talent and skill that is quite superlative. Do you lead people whom you feel are more skilled and talented than you? When you are intimidated by those you lead, leading them becomes a difficult task indeed. You begin second-guessing yourself and wondering whether you even deserve to be leading them. The primary issue here is isn't that of the skills level or talent. There will always be people who are more skilled and talented than you in various spheres. If you as a leader are the most talented and skilled in the various spheres within your team, then you should be worried because your team will always be operating from a point of deficiency. If you are the most talented and skilled marketer, accountant, sales manager and production person on your team, then it probably means you have a weak team. It means you will always be managing instead of leading. The issue isn't the leader's level of skill and talent in, in comparison to those that he or she leads. It's about the leader's level of self-esteem. A leader with low self-esteem will always believe they are not good enough to be leading. They will believe that they have little to offer and they will be berated by a constant feelings of unworthiness. Even if they are highly skilled and incredibly competent, they will never believe they are good enough to stand before the orchestra and lead them in creating magic and melody. Leaders need to believe in their own worthiness. You must believe that you are a person of value and that you have something great to offer. There is knowledge you have that your team needs. There is wisdom and passion that you can pour into your team so that they become better versions of themselves. Having a highly skilled, highly talented team is one of the best gifts that a leader can ask for. It makes your task of leading much easier, but it requires strength of character and solidity of identity if you are to lead in an effective manner. One of the worst types of leaders is those who end up comparing themselves and even secretly competing with those that they are meant to lead. As a leader, one of your primary roles is to look for the gaps and then proceed to fill them. In every team, no matter how skilled and talented they may be, there are always gaps that need to be filled. Sometimes the gap isn't a technical gap, but an emotional one. For example, a team may be highly gifted technically, but lack the inspiration to become truly great. This is where the leader needs to come in and fill the inspiration gap within the team. If there is a gap in terms of skills, the leader must provide the resources to upskill and improve the technical abilities of those they lead. No matter how good the team, it can always become better as a leader you must fill in the gaps and add the type of value that will help average teams become good good teams become great and great teams become even greater the orchestra needs you now let's talk about instruction versus guidance does the conductor instruct or guide the orchestra this is a question of leadership style and leadership philosophy. Instructing the orchestra has an authoritarian demeanor to it and connotes and contains elements of you know, dictatorial type of leadership. When a leader is more instructive in their leadership approach, they can end up being viewed as overbearing and controlling. This is a continuation of the conversation we started regarding how conductors are sometimes viewed as puppet masters who pull the strings. the orchestra. When a leader leads by instruction there is an absoluteness in it that suggests that the one being given the instruction is much like a donkey that is being ridden to a particular place or a tool used to achieve a particular objective. After all when you ride a donkey or use a tool you don't ask for its opinion and you don't consider its feelings. When an instruction is given there is little or no room for debate or questioning. There is no room for, you know, intellectual exchange about whether the particular course of action is right or wrong. There is no questioning whether it is the best way to proceed in the particular circumstance. Does your leadership style make the people on your team feel like mindless donkeys and tools that are there merely to fulfill a particular objective at your instruction? The the operative word here is mindless. Truth be told. Very few people like being told what to do, how to do it and when to do it. That kind of treatment where we feel we have zero options makes us feel like prisoners. As human beings, we are intellectual by nature and we like to and want to have an input in the things pertaining to us, whether it be at home, in social settings or at the workplace. Without this freedom of thought, freedom of choice and freedom of expression, we aren't able to fully experience the joy of being human and exercising our capacities and faculties. Instructive leadership has an element of rigidity to it. It has a my way or the highway feel to it that tends to make people withdraw their zeal and their attention. It can also make people withdraw from putting their best foot forward and they can end up operating at 50% or 40% simply because they feel they are not being valued. Instructive leadership has a way of making people feel that their opinions, suggestions and ideas are not worth being heard. It seems that instructive leadership isn't the way to go, right? Doesn't mean that leaders are there purely as guidance providers. The word guide has softer implications than instruct. When one is guided... There is a feeling that the one doing the guiding has compassion towards the one being guided. It is a word that oozes empathy and even love. A loving father can be described as one who guides his children. The word guide implies that one is shown a way and advised to follow it. There is an element of choice when one is guided as opposed to when one is instructed. When one is guided, One has the power to decide what to do, whereas when you are instructed, the implication is that the power of choice is removed from the equation. So, is leadership through guidance the best way to lead? It's important to know that these two approaches have their extremes. For example, leadership through instruction can go extreme and become completely dictatorial and iron-faced. Leadership through guidance can also take an extremely timid form where it comes across as being limp and weak. Again, what is the best approach? Like most things in life, leadership requires balance in order to be effective. Extremes aren't advisable. The leader needs to have both of these aspects in their leadership arsenal and he or she should use them at the appropriate time, in the appropriate measure, and with the appropriate group of people. There are times when it's required that you be quite authoritative and stern. And there are times when you need to be, you know, quite gentle. Every leader should have characteristics of both a lion and a lamb. And he or she should be discerning enough to know when to be a lion and when to be a lamb. Don't respond as a lion when the situation requires that you be gentle like a lamb. And don't respond as a lamb when the situation requires that you be stern like a lion. For example, if someone on your team comes to you with a problem or error they've made, it's not the time to roar at them with anger. It's a good time to listen, to be gentle, and to devise the way forward. You have to be able to read the situation and read your audience and adapt accordingly. This doesn't mean that you should become a schizophrenic leader with multiple personalities. No, it just means you are flexible in your approach and wise in how you interact with your people. Well, we've come to the end of this week's episode. Thank you so much for tuning in to Leading with Confidence. Cheers.